Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 70. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. I have with you, for the first time, a medical professional, a doctor, and I'm so excited for you to hear his story, his background, and his interests, because I know many of you listeners are professional people. You have a job. You may like your job, but you want to learn about real estate investing and how to get into it. Can you balance that with the job you have? Because I know not everybody wants to quit their job and become a full-time fix and flipper or roll up their sleeves and swing a hammer and work on a house, which I would never recommend you do anyway. But this is this gentleman is going to be a great story for you to listen to, how you can incorporate real estate investing into your life as a side interest, a side job or a side hustle. So with that, welcome to the show, Dr. Kenyon Meadows. Thanks for having me, Holly. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm so glad you could take time out of what I know is a busy schedule between your busy family with your adorable kids and your full-time job and your real estate investing adventures. So why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about your background and um, some of your life story and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a a full-time practicing uh, physician. I'm a radiation oncologist. So uh, during the day, I help people uh, uh, treat folks with cancer and I uh, love doing it um, and uh, have developed the, the, the side uh, passion of investing and including real estate um, after some you know, some unfavorable experiences uh, with other traditional investments uh, like the stock market, you know, had a not not great time as most people did in, in 2008 and um, then subsequently rebalanced and, and thought I was doing some conservative uh, investing in oil and gas. And in 2012, that kind of fell through. And, and then I kind of said, well, you know what? <laughs> I, I know the stock market very long-term is a way to build wealth, but you know, let me think about some other things in a real serious way. And that's what I began a process of self-education and talking with people and finding out how folks uh, invested in alternatives, which are really anything other than stocks and bonds. And, and that kind of led me down the path of, uh, um, you know, real estate, uh, private lending, uh, turnkey rentals and some other things. And then ultimately uh, my book. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, yeah, that's a tight little nutshell. Why don't you uh -huh. um, start by telling us kind of your, your first venture into real estate investing and what that looked like. Right. So, you know, always being mindful of the fact that I didn't have a whole lot of time. Um, I was always looking for alternative investments that, number one, could provide what what I would consider sort of an equivalent return to the stock market. And when you, when you look, they say maybe like eight to 12% is kind of a typical long, long-term return of the stock market. So I wanted something that could mirror that, um, but, but wasn't correlated with the stock market and also was relatively passive. So my very first thing into real estate investing was actually private lending. Uh, I found some folks that 
uh, flipped houses and needed some capital. And, you know, once I learned about the process and how you could, um, you know, have a first position mortgage on the place and be secured and, and keep your loan to value ratio conservative and charge 10, 12% or so. I mean, that was a big, uh, a big deal for me. Uh, I thought this is great, you know? So uh, after learning, about the process and then more, more importantly, you know, vetting some reliable people to work with. That was my first foray into any type of real estate investing. And then once I got comfortable from there, you know, the, the, actually one of the people I was loaning money to encouraged me to say, Hey, you know, ultimately you want to own some income property. I mean, that's, it's got a lot of advantages to it. Um, tax advantage wise and other things. Um, so why don't we think about that? And, Quite honestly, that scared me a little bit because uh, before I really found out about having like a good turnkey rental provider, I always had the notion that if I own even one or two rentals, like, you know, the notion of getting a call from a tenant and, and dealing with things. So I was, I had to really be coaxed into it. Um, but, but once I took the plunge, um, you know, it, it's actually worked out to be another relatively passive investment. So yeah. I like how you use the word plunge because mm -hmm. as a landlord, someone's got to be using a plunger sometimes, never right. me, but, uh, <laughs> Right. I own like a bunch of rentals too. So mm -hmm. I, I've had just a month ago, one of the calls, um, Miss Holly, I'm so sorry to disturb you, but there's um, toilet paper coming up in the front yard from the sewer system. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. it, it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so going back a little bit, because I know some of our listeners are brand new or just thinking about getting educated about investing in real estate. And I love how you started out with being a private lender. So just so people can understand a little bit more about what that is and what that looks like. I, well, and my, I'm a huge fan of it promoting it. I have a lot of private lenders that lend me money as a flipper and as a landlord that I put them in mortgages on properties one thing I think is so amazing for investors such as yourself is you have collateral, you have security in the house mm -hmm. where in the stock market, you don't mm -hmm. have that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I mean, how did you feel about that? Did that, that give you a greater comfort? And then also maybe talk about what steps, like, did you have to know how to evaluate the home and what loan mm -hmm. value you were going in at that? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, the security of, of actually having a claim on the property. And so, yeah, collateral w was big. And then, you know, learning about, um, number one, how a really experienced rehabber, you know, sources a property and has good relationships usually with ongoing subcontractors and people he knows that'll do good work and get it done on time. Um, and, then, and then accurately um, placing that uh, after repair value so that it'll move. So, you know, so there's a, there's a decent amount to, to try to get a handle on as a private lender. So, you know, it took me, you know, definitely a, a few months to uh, educate myself and then, you know, ask around and then meet the right people and, and do the due diligence on it. But the nice thing about it is, as you know, if you meet a real pro, um, you know, they're doing nice volume and, and, and once you get comfortable with it, you can kind of keep doing it over and over again. So, 
Yes, that's for mm -hmm. sure. And my advice to anybody considering doing private lending, if you're lending to a flipper, I mean, if you're just lending to someone that's going to buy and hold the property, you don't have as much risk as you do with a flipper. With a flipper, make sure it's not their first flip or maybe even their second or third because a lot can go wrong with a flip and you don't want to be the learning experience. I've had friends and acquaintances do that and they lose money on it. So yeah, and don't be the learning, the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. And, and fortunately, um, my experiences have been you know, really good, i.e., um, you know, I haven't had to take a property back, which I think is the, the worst thing because you know, ultimately then I got to figure out what to do with it. Um, and other than some things going a little, a little longer uh, in time, um, it hasn't really been that bad. Of course, sometimes you can't sell it for quite as much as you, as you want and having to discount it so you can just move and move it on into the next project. But yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. I think it's a testament to the folks I work with. That's great. Okay, well, I know that's not your, well, I assume that's not your main focus anymore. Now you're a big fan of investing in rentals, right? Well, I still do the private lending, but yeah, um, the, the rentals came next and, you know, bought, bought my first one um, a couple of years ago. And then a few months later, you know, again, another one. And, you know, it, it, with the turnkey rental providers, um, uh, their their model basically is to really try to have you have a very hassle-free experience so that you will keep continuing to buy subsequent properties off of them and they right. manage it for you. That, that, at least that's, that's a good turnkey provider. I know some turnkey providers, they, they, they rehab the home, place a tenant and then give you off to like a third party manager. But my particular one um, has stuck with it. And I think it's gone above and beyond the call sometimes to, uh, to kind of shield me from the tenants. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice that's really nice because you don't want to be getting those calls especially during right. the day when you're at your job to be telling you and, about toilet paper floating in the front yard yeah and, and, and not only not only that in terms of dealing with that uh, with the tenant um, that point of contact but but also you know being fairly technologically savvy with a good owner portal and good good electronic documentation and and, and almost in a way sort of making it seem like it's almost like a paper investment, honestly. I mean, that's how good um, uh, my provider's been. So w with that, you know, I definitely have continued to add to the portfolio and, and, and are up to eight properties now and we continue to slowly build that for sure. Well, that was going to be my next question is how many deals have you done? And, mm -hmm. and how, um, I guess you, if you could explain like how long it takes you to evaluate one and buy it. I mean, as a flipper that buys at auction, the quickest time we had to make a decision was five minutes, but I think you get a little bit more time in doing what you're doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, um, you know. So as far as the sourcing goes on the turnkeys, you know that that's that's on my provider. Now I, I happen to know that she gets she 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 she, she provides turnkeys and she has her own portfolio of buy and holds. So I know she's got you know she's done the courthouse step thing. But most oftentimes it's been um, like wholesalers who bring her deals because they know that 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 she will buy them. Uh, distressed stuff. The more distressed, the better. Um, she's got great relationships with uh, contract and subs and all that and um, she can get them to start on a project pretty quickly uh, again because she does a, a nice amount of volume um, so yeah well I'm loving that it's a she how great yeah. is that another yeah. woman oh, absolutely. we women absolutely. in this real estate industry are like maybe 10 to 15 percent we're just like in the middle 
Now, now ironically, now, now she, she hasn't, she, she doesn't want me to uh, mention the company because she really is not looking for like more clients or whatever, but just to tell you a little detail, it's actually, uh, it's a husband wife team and the husband is a doctor too, actually. She awesome. used to be a nurse and once the, once she, they grew their portfolio sufficiently to replace her nursing income, she's now a full-time investor, broker license, property manager, the whole bit. So kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's great. Well, when we're not recording, you'll have to tell me her name. I want to connect with her. Even okay. if she won't come on and be on the podcast. <laughs> I love meeting the ladies that are right. doing it, making it happen. Right. It's awesome. So um, why don't you tell us um, what your experience is with crowd, real estate crowdfunding? Yeah. So um, after you know, everything's everything kind of kept evolving, um, private lending, the, the turnkey. And then I, just in the course of just learning more about real estate, um, in, in 2012, the very first real estate crowdfunding platforms began to come online. And what real estate crowdfunding is, it's basically the, the online version of private lending or fractional ownership uh, equity, um, but doing it through what they, they call them portals. I mean, they're just websites, but that, that's the term they use in the industry, these crowdfund portals, whereby, as you know, to do a traditional, you know, offline, if you will, private loan or, or buy a rental property, I mean, you need, you know, fifty, seventy-five, hundred thousand dollars $100,000, you know, it's a big chunk of money or more, right? Mm-hmm. And what the crowdfunding allows you to do is to just basically have a little sliver of either a private loan on a property, a sliver of a, of a, uh, an apartment complex. And the minimums are, you know, a thousand or $5,000 still, you know, a, a nice you know chunk of money, but compared to the typical entry point, it's way the heck less. And so that began to emerge. And so I was, a, I was an early adopter with real estate crowdfunding. So I've been on some of the main big sites now for, you know, a few years and I being one of the first initial investors, I mean, I, you know, I, talk to the CEOs and, you know, and got to talk to the sponsors of the projects and really do a lot of due diligence. I actually met a couple of them. And so I've been doing the real estate crowdfunding thing for a while now and I've done maybe close to 50 projects. Wow. That's a yeah. lot. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you able and willing to share like what your return has been on those? Have you ever lost anything in them or how's yeah. that gone? Yeah. Um, so Roughly speaking, like I said, I, I, I think what at the time earlier this year, I calculated, I did close to actually more like 40 projects, right? And about half of them have cycled through completely. They were like private loans. Maybe they had a six month or a year duration and whatnot, um, anywhere from nine to 14% interest rates. And they've, they've, gone through and paid back and I've got several more that are performing as we speak now and I, and I do have a few projects uh, I think probably four that have either gone beyond the original term that they thought in terms of the length of the loan and but there are a couple that are in foreclosure and this brings up an important point when it comes to the crowdfunding thing um, they offer first position debt second position debt uh, equity, 
preferred equity, kind of all these different ways you can participate. I strictly stick to the first position debt. So on these couple of projects that are in foreclosure, um, I'm getting updates from the platform that they're going to take back the property, they're going to sell it, and and then we should be able to recoup, you know, most of all of our original investment. So I stick to first position debt when it comes to the crowdfunding. But um, I would say my general, my average return has been about 11% over the the three and a half years I've been on it. That is outstanding mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that is a passive investment. I mean, some people are getting 11% and they're the ones taking the calls from the tenants and they're dealing mm-hmm. with everything where you don't get any of that. That's awesome. I, right. I think I'd be pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I should stop the flipping. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do that not with the flipping, but hey, I'm flipping sure. is a job. It's a know? job though, right? It's a whole different, mm-hmm. whole different um, route. So um, I think we can kind of figure out why you went the turnkey route. I don't know if you want to like talk about that anymore, but... Well, you know, kind of a a common theme amongst anything that I'm doing um, is basically I I wanted something that had a a fairly high yield, which for me, I I consider 10% or above, and and I wanted it passive. And as I began to to delve into these various things and have experiences, you know, of course, you know, you, you talk to people, you know, you talk to your colleagues and things of that nature. And I saw like so many of them you know, either didn't know about these kinds of things, um, you maybe had a fear of doing them, you know, something unfamiliar and everything. And that kind of inspired me to, to write my first book, um, uh, on the topic. Uh, it's called alternative financial medicine and it's kind of a play on alternative medicine and, uh, it's targeted toward the busy high income professional who may be, looking to do some different um, uh, things financially. And quite honestly, maybe they don't want to hear from a financial pro that's trying to sell them a product. Maybe they just want to hear from, you know, kind of one of their colleagues or peers that's just had experience doing the stuff and, you know, just wants to tell them, tell them about their experience. Well, that's really fascinating. And there's such a variety of people who invest in real estate from someone like you who mm-hmm. has a job, Mm-hmm. And you like your job still, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to stay in your job. You're not Absolutely. looking to quit. Whereas no. like this other lady who provides you the turnkey rentals, she was looking for a way to not do her job anymore. She probably liked it. Maybe she didn't, but she was ready for a change. And mm-hmm. a lot of us go through a lot of different jobs or careers in our lifetimes now. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does the same thing for 50 years anymore like they used to. So, yeah, I mean, it's just... There's something for everyone in the real estate investing world. And Absolutely. I, love, I love that your niche that you found. So why don't you tell us what specific criteria that you look for in buying a property? Oh, oh and before yeah. that, my, yeah. we didn't even sit, tell our listeners where you live. I mean, not your exact address, but, you know, the city <laughs> and state where you live and then where yeah. you invest because that's going to be yeah. interesting too. So I live in uh, St. Simons Island, Georgia, which is uh, kind of in the extreme southeast corner of the state on the coast there. Um, you got anybody familiar with Interstate 95 there? Um, I'm, I tell folks, we're, we're pretty much exactly in between Savannah, Georgia, and Jacksonville, Florida. They're both about an hour to the north and south. And I invest in Jacksonville, Florida, actually. Okay. So, yeah, as far as the turnkeys go. Mm-hmm. Great. So then tell us, what are your criteria? What do you look for when you're buying a turnkey property? 
Well, uh, number one, in terms of a, a, a rent to price ratio, I, I do look for what they call the 1% rule where yes. uh, I try to get at least 1% of the purchase price as, as monthly rent. Um, I, I certainly have seen um, the Jacksonville market appreciate and it's getting tougher to do that, but that, that is a criteria. Um, I look for houses in what we call working class, uh, B-level neighborhoods. Um, you know, we don't, uh, certainly don't go out, out on the beach in Jacksonville. That's too expensive. And we don't go uh, too far down market either because, you know, the tenants can be a little <laughs> high, higher maintenance and the property higher maintenance too. So, you know, those are, those are my main uh, criteria. And as you probably can appreciate, um, you know, the, the, your providers, they tend to cluster in sort of the similar types of neighborhoods. And so there's kind of two main neighborhoods on the west side of Jacksonville that, that we kind of farm and, and I kind of know what we're getting into now at this point. And that's one of the advantages of sort of sticking to one area geographically. Although I've talked to some turnkey uh, investors who they have, they have, they have, you know, a couple properties kind of here and there in various different cities. And I, you know, I haven't, I haven't branched off to that yet. Well, that's interesting. Um, what's the price point that you look for, that you shop in, that you look for? Well, most of my properties have been clustered in the eighty to hundred thousand dollar range, and I know some people would say, "Like, wow, that's that sounds really, really inexpensive." Now, you live in, uh, you're out in California, so <laughs> of course, but you know, Jacksonville, you know, for being a coastal city in a nice climate, um, it's not it's in terms of the prices and everything there, it's a very reasonably priced market. We're starting to attract more outside uh, folks who are coming into it because of that. Uh, and the city is growing and everything, but you can get a, a nice, uh, you know, three, two, 1200 square foot uh, house in a decent neighborhood uh, in that price range and, and have stable tenants, you know, working class tenants. They both have jobs and kids and that kind of thing. That's how, that's the profile of most of my tenants. So yeah, you, you can be done. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. do you get involved with any of the management or tenant selection or approval of the tenants, or do you just hand it all over to the management company and they well, do it? Well, we've, we discussed up front what their criteria was and I have I have carte blanche to alter things. However, uh, as I said, you know she's been doing this for since '07 uh, and has 40 units herself that are her own properties. So I trust her judgment in terms of uh, of the tenant screening. But a couple of you know hardline rules that that she does have. You know, no prior evictions and the three times. Um, uh, three times the monthly rent as income. Um, yes. Yeah. So we, we don't deviate from those two things. Um, we, we do allow pets in certain properties. That was kind of a discretionary thing if I wanted, you know, that kind of thing. And we, we've had, we, we had one tenant that had sort of some extraneous circumstances with a quote unquote eviction that sort of really wasn't. And, you know, we, we bent the rules a little bit on that. So, um, but for the most part, we're pretty strict. That's great. Mm -hmm. What is the, um, I don't know, how many years have you been doing this? Total? Well, I, I, I bought the first rental in 14. I started with the private lending in 2013. Okay. So you've mm -hmm. been a landlord since 2014. How is the turnover for you? And is that something that's stressful with vacancies or are you able to turn them pretty fast if people decide to leave? 
Yeah, we, we, we can, we, well, number one, I've, I've only had actually two vacancies uh, over that time. Um, and, and, and actually the person in the very first unit, they haven't moved. And like, so people typically stay a couple of years minimum is what she told me. And it certainly is playing out in my properties. Uh, so we've only had a couple of vacancies and um uh, she's been able to turn them over fairly quickly. And because of the rental demand and everything, um, we had one filled a little less than a month. And I think the other one might've been a little more than a month kind of deal. So not bad at all. That so sounds good. Mm -hmm. And I know um, when people are just learning about this, mm -hmm. if they're looking at um, maybe too rosy of a picture, they might not be considering mm -hmm that they may have to come out of pocket a couple of months making a payment if it's financed and you've got taxes yeah. and insurance. Absolutely. And sometimes with insurance, well, often with insurance, you pay for a full year up front, well, at least around here. And I mean, you just have some costs. And so you've got to be prepared for that, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we've had the plumbing issue happen. Uh, we, we've had a little section, a little water damage to a, to, a, to the roof or a ceiling and whatnot happen. So, yeah, you got to have some reserves, you know. Um, you definitely have to. But, but again, I, I do think that for folks, say, for instance, that, that have, you know, say, for instance, high-income jobs or businesses or something like that where they can own the rental properties and have um, that, that money in reserve, I think long-term, though, I mean, it's, it's really a, a good solid way to build some wealth. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of it. That's why I have rentals in addition to flipping. I, mm -hmm. I think it's a great thing. Why don't you share with us like maybe what maybe some of your biggest surprises or challenges that you have faced with your investment properties? Um, challenges. Um, boy, I, I wouldn't say anyone in particular, you know, sort of stands out. I mean, nobody likes to, to get the surprise call that there's a repair that's, you know, we, we have this thing, you know, if it's, if it's less than a couple hundred bucks, they'll actually just go ahead and just do it discretionarily. Um, but you know, to get that repair, that's going to be more than that. <laughs> you, you don't like it. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough though, that, uh, you know, I, I don't touch the, you know, the money that comes in from the rentals. I kind of let it accumulate for reserves. So you have it, but you know, it, it kind of sucks to pay six, 700 bucks for, you know what I mean? So that's, yes. that's been one thing. Um, um, I guess a, a, a good surprise, not necessarily straightly with the rentals, but you know, once I, once I began to talk to some, some, some uh, friends and family about this kind of thing. And once they saw I was serious with it and, and, and it was working out, um, you may have experienced this too. I mean, folks being folks asking you to you know maybe mentor them or or can they you know loan you money or just sort of be a part of it kind of deal and i've actually been able to incorporate a few friends and family in terms of some some private money to help me uh you know do some of this stuff so that was that was a nice uh, revelation. Um, so that was, that, that's been a good surprise, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I experienced the same thing when people mm -hmm. saw me having success. They, you know, one of my girlfriends came up to me and said, so do you take investors? And I said, mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I better figure this out. But yes, I do take investors because right. in the beginning it was just us and our money and yeah. rolling our own money. We didn't involve mm -hmm. anyone else. And I'm like, what a great opportunity to give mm -hmm. the same you know, upside to other people. So, 
Okay, well, we gotta wrap things up here. So let us talk about your great giveaway, your book that you're giving away today. So listeners, you're gonna to go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 70, 70, so hardhatholly.com forward slash 70 to get Dr. Kenyon Meadows' great ebook that he's giving away called Hassle-Free Rentals Using the Turnkey Approach. And Dr. Meadows, tell us a little bit about this and why you wanted to write it and what's it all about. Yeah, so so the giveaway chapter is uh, the giveaway ebook is actually a full chapter from the entire alternative financial medicine book, which is available on Amazon um, and, on, and on my website as well, alternativefinancialmedicine.com. So uh, it's just, it's one of uh, eight chapters, each covering a different alternative investment, not all of which are real estate, by the way. Um, so. Uh, besides some of the various real estate categories, there's also things in there like peer-to-peer um, uh, -peer lending, where you l loan money to people online for uh, discretionary things, uh, credit card bills, vacations, that kind of stuff, and, and earn interest that way. Um, there's actually a chapter on how to how the crowdfunding space you can use that to loan money to establish small businesses actually too. Uh, that's just that's just an example of some of the other things that I have delved into. Uh, and when it comes down to it, I guess I, I really like lending money at, at at attractive interest rates and trying to figure out ways to do that. So if that's down your alley. Uh, that there's something in, in, in the book there for you, for sure. Um, and specifically the, 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 the chapter on the turnkey rentals, it goes into detail about um, the investment criteria. Uh, there's a checklist in there in terms of things that you want to either have freshly rehabbed or you want them to be of a certain age or less in the house, you know, things like the plumbing, electrical, things of that nature. Um, I go over the numbers of my first turnkey rental, how it performed over the first year with all the, you know, the taxes, insurance and, and everything like that. Um, so, and I also provide some resources, some podcasts I've listened to that, that helped me out so you know it's got a lot of a lot of stuff packed in there well fantastic it just sounds like a wealth of information and i've seen it readers and listeners it is so definitely go grab that and um, you can also get that um, by texting to my text number which is 38470 and just type in the word hard hat as in all one word hard hat mm -hmm. and spaces in it and you guys can download it there too so dr meadows why don't you give out your preferred contact method for people to get in touch with you if they'd like to reach out to you. Yeah, I mean, if they go to alternativefinancialmedicine.com, um, you know, you have an email field there. I actually have a, a little widget installed where you can leave, leave a voicemail message right there on the website. Um, join, join my email list, uh, link to the book. It's all right there, alternativefinancialmedicine.com. Love it. Love that name. Mm -hmm. Yay. Great. Well, I just want to thank you so much for your very valuable time today and just providing that example to people that want to get into this, but they don't want it to be a full-time job. Just mm -hmm. as proof that it can be done while you have a family and a full-time job, you can do mm -hmm. it. It doesn't have to be full-time. So what an inspiration you are. And I'm so happy for all your success and wish you continued success. Appreciate it very much. <laughs> well, with that, thank you again. And listeners, what a great example you had today. No excuses. Get out there and take some action. Excellent. 
Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.